All around us are people who've struggled and succeeded. Now they're changing their lives and the world around them in their own unique ways. Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies bring you these stories and more from the people who make things happen. This is Success Insight. Welcome to the Success Insight Podcast. My name's Randy Ford. I'm going to be your host today. Our guest is Dorothy Kuhn, who's going to be the director of the Her Story Global Women's Empowerment Conference in Dallas. I know we want to talk about that. We want to talk about all of your other work in women's leadership issues. Why don't you tell us first about this conference, which is pretty exciting. So the, the Her Story Global Women's Empowerment Conference is, uh, this is the first time that we are putting this on in the U.S. It's founded in New Zealand by my colleague Gertrude Mache, uh, a renowned TED, TEDx uh, speaker, uh, leader, and uh, just a tremendous uh, force of nature, that woman. And uh, she put this uh, together because you know, uh, as as I say, oftentimes when I'm speaking, you know, the the canon of social stories about accomplishment that that men have is centuries old. They're amazing accomplishments that that have uh, really benefited humanity in so many ways, and and uh, and that is wonderful. And the the canon of stories for women's accomplishment, while stronger and more rich today than it was, say, thirty years ago, it doesn't compare to the kinds of accomplishments that that men have been telling their stories about for centuries. So one of one of the things that is so important to me about this uh, work is that women get to come and tell their stories, whether they're st- personal stories or stories of the accomplishments or the struggles that they have overcome or, or what they've created in the world to, to benefit the, the greater humanity. And when, when we as, as women have a body, a canon of, of work and stories that, uh, that is more broadly known, then that, that status imbalance thing, which is my secret sauce for, for helping women uh, step up into a higher status, uh, becomes normative. And uh, until then, we are in the, the business of bending those social stories so that, you know, an, an, a well-qualified a woman is seen on par with, with a similarly qualified man. Right now, that's not, that's not the, the case because everybody knows. We go to school and study all those amazing things men did. And we, we have a very tiny sliver of stories about women's accomplishments. And right. that, that's just the soup that we live in. Not for a lack of there being those women's accomplishments. What yeah. has been the challenge in getting those stories out traditionally? So those, those stories uh, uh, are run in all of us. And so for, for women, you know, a personal challenge for any one single woman would be to know how to step up and, uh, and, and bend the story in the moment of challenge. So for example, you want a funny story? Of course, okay. always. So I, I grew up in the garage with dad. My dad was the PTSD guy. You know, you never knew when he was going to go off, but the garage was a safe place. So I learned how to fix cars, which is what he was always doing in there from the time I was little. So I, I have these hands have rebuilt two car engines too. Uh, you would not guess that by looking at me. So I'm at the auto parts store uh, a couple months ago and I'm, I've, I wanted to get something and I just had a momentary like, what is that part called? And uh, you know, those guys at the auto parts store, they've got to have the patience of Joe because more than half the people who come in 
uh, have like no clue about cars. And, uh, and so, you know, I could just see like the blood draining out of his face. Like, Oh God, this woman is going to waste my time. And I have to figure out what part she wants from the tea leaves. <laughs> and, you know, and so I, I, I said, I'm trying to remember the name of this part. And I know you can't tell by looking, but these hands have rebuilt two automotive engines. But it was a long time ago, so I just can't remember the name of this part. And by that time, it came to me. And, you know, as soon as I told him that little snippet of a story, you could just see, like, the lightness, you know, and, and the confidence come back in him. That it wasn't going to be one, another one of those conversations. Right? And, and the truth is probably... Uh, it, it would be the opposite experience if I went to that same store. There, there would probably be some expectation on his end that it was going to be an easier conversation. And the truth is, I don't know anything about cars. So many people are wired to think that way. Is that the issue? Right. right. Uh, well, it, yeah, but because of, uh, every, we all project, you know, I mean, think about how hard it would be if instead of having this this rich database in your brain of social stories uh, that uh, that pertain to people who look like this and show up like this and you know what whatever, instead of having that to bring to any conversation, which is kind of our shortcut path, then uh, you had to every time you met a person for the first time, you had to build from ground zero everything you know about this person, like that would be exhausting. So one of the things that the uh, women in my circle get to, to do is to uh, get in touch with what their superpowers are and how to tell those stories briefly. You've been working in women's leadership for a few years now. You were in, uh, doing a lot of corporate work before that. Talk about that transition and what drove you to want to, to work with women like this. Oh, gosh, this is, this is great. So, yeah, I'm a real geek at heart. I graduated in physics and math, got my first uh, professional position because I knew more quantum mechanics than anybody else. I've always worked in very male-oriented uh, industries, you know, military systems, uh, a telecom, you know, on the back end with all the equipment and all that kind of stuff. And uh, finance and banking and stock clearing. And boy, it's, it's just been a great run. I've worked primarily with men, like most of the vast majority of whom were really good men. Now, there were a few that did not qualify in the good man category. But, you know, they're, they're just the dusting. And, and knowing how to um, play like men play. I mean, when I was at MCI back when that was a thing, you know, I was managing a team of these engineers. They would like, it. we were uh, performing tests for big, big organizations like big banks who were switching from point to point uh, T1s, as they were called in, uh, in that day, to share the kind of shared networks that the whole internet runs on now. So when that was kind of new, the banks wanted to know that their data was going to be safe and, you know, it would be timely and all, all that kind of stuff. And so we would run tests to show them on their equipment that everything would work out great. So, you know, these guys, uh, the engineers would set up these things. They would like uh, ask for a router or something like that. Uh, they'd have to check it out at the checkout room. The, the guy who ran the checkout room would say, you think I'm going to give a perfectly good router to a Nimno like you? Ha, ha, ha. They pitch it across the room, you know, write it down on the log and, you know, catch it, hook it all up, do what he needed to do. Those guys would head to the pool hall for lunch. They'd shoot pool, eat burgers, drink beer, come back and do that kind of stuff all afternoon. And I'm thinking to myself, 
know, this is not a bad way to live. <laughs> they just had a, they made a game out of everything. And, and, and as women, you know, who were relatively new to those, you know, uh, uh, relatively in the historical sense, new to that, we, we can come with a bit of over earnestness that we want to do a good job and be taken seriously and all that kind of stuff. Well, the way you get taken seriously is by learning how to play. What do you mean? How, how do you incorporate that into daily life? Knowing how to play really has has kind of two opponents how, how to play when everything is friendly like the mci story and and how to play when there's a big challenge that's coming you know somebody has challenged you in a way that is uh, a personal or professional or some combination there thereof and it's those things are are the times when a lot of folks you know if you're not really you know, a person with a lot of spine or experience standing up to uh, a real force of nature kind of person who's coming at you, then you can be in a position where you want to uh, shrink back because it feels unsafe. You know that situation? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've all been there. And this particularly, uh, you know, HR people love the work that I do because when, when women know how to do this one skill, this one starter skill, the amount of work that uh, of cleanup work that HR professionals have to do for a Me Too related incident goes way down. And teamwork goes up because people will respect you when you know how to say, uh-uh, in a powerful way. A couple of years ago, I was uh, at, a, at an event here in my town. And, and at this event, I met somebody who I only knew, he and his wife, on social media. And so we were going to put together, it was for Independence Day, we were going to put together the final bit on this float before it, you know, goes down in the parade. By the way, we won best themed float for the Congratulations. Float. Yes. <laughs> you know, we do the like, oh, it's great to meet you. We had hit, really hit it off on social media. So it's the A-frame friend hug and uh, such as that. And as he's finishing that hug, his hand, you know, comes down and does the double pat on the derriere. I'm like, <laughs> I grabbed that forearm like a vice. I slapped his hand around on the small of my back, shoved my hand into his face and said, this is the extent to which a gentleman limits the roam of his hands. And now show me what you got on this float. And he did. How, so how did he respond to that? I, uh, he showed me, uh, we were just off to it off to the doing this stuff on the float, which is why we were there in the first place. And I'll tell you the real gift of this story is that a few months later, when I was in a tight spot and I needed some help, he was there for me in a big way. I so, was just getting ready to ask you what you thought his takeaway was or what you hope now he thinks back on that moment and what he, what he learned from it, from your willingness to stand up. She's got spine. You know that, you know that expression? You've got spine, you've got metal, you've got moxie. Yeah. Call it what Absolutely. you will. She's got it. I would love to hear your thoughts on... Um, where women are now in the public arena. Of course, you're in the greater Dallas area. I'm thinking about the late Governor Ann Richards. Uh, I'm from Tennessee originally. We just elected our first female senator. I, I'm in Chicago now where we have two African-American women who are, are in a runoff. Where, where do you think the state of women in the public arena is right now? 
you know, it's on the ascendancy and you see a, a lot of uh, women who are really just knocking it out of the park, you know, on both sides of the aisle. You know, I think it was last year when in the current administration, uh, Nikki Haley, who was UN ambassador at, at the time, had said something and the, the, the administration had said something about how she, you know, was confused or something. And, you know, her response was powerful. In all due respect, I don't do confusion. Right. You know, that and that's all it takes in a second. So, you know, I call my method the 13 second rule because it's done in 13 seconds or less every single time. And then, you know, on the on the uh, this year, you know, the the ascendant women are, you know, uh, AOC and uh, those newly elected members of Congress. They are just amazing and not taking any guff and dishing it back uh, just as good as it gets dished the, their way. Fearless, fearless. Now, that's wonderful if you can do it, but if you don't have those bones, you know, so to, so to speak, within you, then it's just a step by step process to get there. I also think about my nieces who are are in middle school, and I think about how that is something that that uh, when many of us were younger, we did not see, and certainly it was something that that women were not seeing. I want to know what you think about where women's careers are in STEM, since that's your background. That's something that has been a focus for a lot of people lately. How do you think that's evolving? I I think that that is coming back. You know, it was uh, it was. Uh, a real deal for for a while back about 30 or 40 years ago before social media and in this whole expansion of you know everything's about tv and movies and acting and following your bliss and uh, all those kinds of things and it's wonderful to follow your bliss but it's also you know I've, i know lots of young people who have graduated from university and have uh, a bit of you know they've got a degree they've got a whole lot of student debt and they don't have a, you know, a, a skill set that uh, can get them $100,000 a year. And it's kind of hard to live on a little less than that, you know, um, uh, particularly when you got a lot of student debt. So, uh, so, you know, that was a thing. There weren't very many women in the physics department, but we had a handful. And, uh, and you know, we had uh, a handful in the engineering uh, school. It was right across campus, so we would, like, tease one another all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Two different views of the world. But, uh, and then it kind of fell to the wayside, and, it, uh, you know, in that age of, you know, glamour and all that kind of stuff. And now people are really coming back to what's important, you know. Well, how do we solve the, the big issues that are confronting culture and the world with the whole global warming thing and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Those are uh, that, that solving those problems are that amazing combination of, of the social uh, uh, will and capacity and uh, technology to, to get to a, a way that we want to live that's, that's sustainable. Do you think we're going to get there? You know, I, I see a real push now. I think we've got a shot at it. And honestly, as late as we have uh, waited to, to get started on it, um, we, we need to take that uh, shot. I remember when I was uh, in the 80s, I was living in North Alabama, the Tennessee Valley Authority, uh, as, as you well know, has all of, uh, has electric power plants and runs the power grid for that part of the country. And there was solar energy everywhere. When I moved back to Texas, which is sunnier, less rain, <laughs> right. less clouds, there was not a solar panel to be seen. And I'm like, what is going on? Well, Texas is an oil state. Right. And, you know, you cannot solve a, a, new, a new problem with an old paradigm. So it takes, you know, people who are willing to think differently to be able to solve a new problem. 
what are the things you do when you work with women uh, to teach them these skills on how to, how to stand up, how to tell their stories? Well, the, the first thing that, that we do is to, is to get them in touch with where that fear comes up so that we can you know, name that fear and put it in a, in a little box. Oftentimes that fear comes from you know, something from when we were as, as kids, little and relatively helpless. And we made a meaning uh, out, of, out of that. And cleaning that up, you know, doing that internal work is important. But, and to complement that with the skills, what are the one, two, threes to do? And have people go out and practice and then, you know, out, out in public, you know, do step one. And then the next time do step one and step two. And the next time add step three. And, you know, just take it a step at a time and, and celebrate your victories every single time. It's amazing the, how fast you can progress that way. You don't have to give any personal details, but can you think of any moment recently that was like, wow, we really did it. We really have changed uh, the way that, that she thinks by, by our doing our work together. Oh, gosh, yes. Uh, you know, there's an accomplished attorney that, that I've helped. As accomplished as she was, she'd grown up uh, in a family with, uh, you know, a dominant male figure who, was, who I'll just say was not at all friendly. Uh, and so there, there were things that she wanted to be able to do to stop that kind of bad behavior in, that has been continuing in that person and for, you know, other people uh, that, who were in her life who were having similar kinds of, of behavior, you know, whether it was her professional life or her personal life. Those old stories would just stop her. And so, you know, sure. sometimes somebody is really close to being able to do everything, they just need that one more thing. And without that one thing, they can't get over the hump. So, you know, some, some of my clients are like, they get fast results right there. If they're just a, a step or two away, bam, it's, you know, it's quick for them to just be knocking it out the door. And she's like, I never realized you know, the power that I have, it's amazing. And uh, she has done amazing things that she never thought she, she would do. She sets, uh, you know, aggressive goals for herself now, and she doesn't hold back. And she just feels much more at home in her own skin. Wow. That's, that's got to feel great, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. We always do something at the, at the end of the podcast that I like to call the insight to go. Give us a recommendation of anything that is on your mind lately that our listeners and I should probably think about a little bit more or check out. You know, I, I grew up watching the civil rights uh, movement unfold on evening television. It was amazing. I, I remember in particular Rosa Parks. She w is often remembered for, you know, not giving up her seat on the bus because she was tired. But that's not the whole story. The whole story is she was tired of giving in. Yeah. So, so if, yeah, if you, dear listeners, <laughs> if one of you is tired of giving in, tired of not standing up, tired of shrinking back in the face of a challenge and you don't know what to do, you know, there, there is a better way. I want to let the people know where they can find you. So there's DorothyKuhn.com. That's K-U-H-N.com. And uh, there are a couple of things on your site that we definitely want people to be able to check out too. What are those? Uh, yes. Yeah. So there, there's a gift at DorothyCoon.com slash gift. And that gets you the, the nine early signs that you must spot to be able to turn them around. If you don't notice them, you can't turn them around. And the other for the Her Story Global Women's Empowerment Conference here in Dallas is DorothyCoon.com slash Her Story, H-E-R Story. Thank you again for being here. My pleasure. 
Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies.